welcome to yet another episode of the Don't Judge, Just Love podcast with Chase Willardson and my beautiful wife, Shannon Willardson, where we talk about all the things with no judgment. Only love. That's right. Mm. And this episode, we are going to um, give a little bit of an update um, of where we are in our current IVF journey. And I think we'll also do a little bit of a recap of for those that might be new to the podcast or to our story or might have missed where we're at in this journey. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that in today's episode. Yeah, buddy. Um, yes, like my lovely... <laughs> Assistant. <laughs> what are you? Partner. Husband. Husband. Partner. I didn't want... Partner. I was not assistant. That felt... <laughs> That felt like undervaluing yourself. See, I was not going to say that. You said that. I just felt like the way that you like pointed over it reminded me of like being on a game show. Co-star. Yeah, like exactly. But now that's cringy because. Co-star? Woof. Okay, sorry. Let's move on. Um, (laughs) So, yes, as Chase was saying, that's what I was trying to, I was trying to find a good segue. Um, Our IVF journey, if you're new here, um, we have been doing IVF for the past two like years. two years. It's been a hot minute. Um, for more context on why, we have two children. We have three children. Um, two of our children have a really rare genetic disease called CDG. It stands for congenital disorder of glycosylation. Say that fast three times. It's not a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and it's a genetic disease, which means Chase and I are carriers of this just weird genetic mutation that we unknowingly um, passed on to our daughters who didn't know that we had. Um, IVF allows you to test embryos. If you have a specific diagnosis, it allows you to test your embryos so that you can avoid perpetuating genetic diseases in future children. So that's why we're doing IVF. Um, And it's been just like two long, hard, bumpy, (laughs) wonderful, glorious, beautiful years. Years. of this uh, IVF stuff. Um, and we've had wins and losses. We had, so our first two cycles were... Unsuccessful. Failed. Um, we got zero embryos, zero healthy embryos from those cycles. Um, we switched doctors, and then we did four more cycles with our current doctor, Dr. Amy. She's the egg whisperer on Instagram, and we're obsessed with her. Um, she's changed our lives. We, so our first cycle with Dr. Amy, we got one healthy embryo. Um, that was our third cycle in total. Our fourth cycle, we got one healthy embryo. Our fifth cycle was another failed cycle. We got zero. And then our sixth cycle, um, we got four, right? It was four. It sounds, I think that's right. <laughs> we got like four. hard to even remember and keep track of. We got four healthy embryos. Um, which is crazy. And people always ask, which is, I completely understand this question. People always ask, okay, so what did you do different from the previous cycles to the fourth? Like what, why was that one so much more successful? And honestly, the answer is nothing. We didn't do anything different. It was the exact same protocol. Um, and that's just IVF for you that like all this reproductive stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of like that. There's not necessarily like a little bit is just roll of the dice and how your body, you know, is going to respond on that particular cycle. Um, but so that was a point where we decided, okay, 
I think we're good. We had already, you know, kind of predetermined that we were going to do a whole bunch of egg retrieval cycles back to back to try to kind of like um, sandbag, if you will, all of our healthy embryos because age is such a factor in the process that we knew we wanted to, you know, we'd have the best chance of finding those healthy embryos um, with me at the being the youngest age possible, right? And I'm already not super young as far as the reproductive years are considered. It's okay. We can be honest about that. I'm 38 just for transparency. Um, <laughs> and so that was a big priority. It's like, okay, let's try to get them all out at once and then we'll move on to transferring. And so we finally reached that point of doing a transfer. Um, and we recently had our very first transfer. And if, if you're not familiar, a transfer is when they actually then take one of those healthy embryos. <laughs> yeah, we, we love that little uh, hand motion. <laughs> they take one of those healthy embryos and they transfer it into your body. And the hope is that that little embryo then implants in your uterus um, and you are pregnant, right? Like that's the whole process of actually then becoming pregnant with the embryo. It was actually quite interesting, the process, the transfer process. It was. So when did, we, when did we do that? That was what, two weeks we did ago that now? Two, a week ago? A week ago. Gosh. We, yeah. A week and a half ago. <laughs> We've been through a lot in that the past week but and a half. But so. one of my coworkers' husbands was asking me a bunch of questions about like, how do you make sure the egg doesn't fall out yeah, like, <laughs> or whatever? And, and it's not an egg, it's an embryo. It's an embryo, correct. So it's one of my eggs, one of Chase's sperm. They come together, they fertilize, and it makes an embryo. We've learned a lot about... And it took a catheter to put it in. Yeah. And they like, when they bring out the embryo, before they put it in, it's like in this... Incubator. Incubator, it's amazing. It looks like what they keep little newborn babies yeah. in. Um, and then they, you know, they made sure the embryo was ready and... Yeah, it was just like, yeah, let's put it in. But just the way that the cervix is shaped and stuff, it that's how it stays. Is, am I not supposed to say that? No. Was that you inappropriate? Can say that. I just wasn't expecting you to talk about the shape of the cervix. Well, no, but I mean, just for that friend that was asking questions, I mean, it, it's shaped in a way that like the eggs just don't fall out. That's why it stays? I don't is know. Is that not right? I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> I think the cells attach to the, I don't know. Anyway, you know what? Not medical professionals here, clearly. We might so need to cut that part out. So weird. <laughs> Don't cut it out. Leave it in so that they <laughs> so we can just have this moment here. Oh, I love it. Um, no, but yes, it was a really interesting process. It was. Catheter and then a little like, I, I can't remember what the tool was, but it kind of, I think it does kind of look like a little uh, turkey baster. Yeah. And it just goes in. The whole um, procedure itself. It's pretty quick. Yeah. I think it took like 20 minutes, which that yeah. was a surprise too. Egg retrievals are a little more involved. It's like full anesthesia. Like you go completely under, takes a little longer. And then there's like kind of a recovery process. Um, but the transfer, I was fully awake. Um, there's really no anesthetics involved at all. I think I took um, some Tylenol before just in case there was pain, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't painful. Um, yeah, that was the process. And then um, the advisory after that is to basically be on, well, the, the advisory is to lay low. So it's not necessarily bed rest, but like, um, you know, I was directed to not work out, which I was so sad about. <laughs> Joke. Actually, I think that she was. She, Shannon does like to work out. She does, but sometimes she loves having 
a valid Thanks. excuse to not have to work out. <laughs> I like uh, how you're talking <laughs> about yourself in the third person. Um, yeah, lay low. That was that. Those were the instructions. So Chase and I, we flew to California for the transfer. That's where Dr. Amy is. Um, and then we stayed a couple days after just so that we could follow those instructions, lay low. Um, and then you wait about, I think it's like eight days after the actual transfer to find out if it worked, like to find out if, I mean, there's, there's so many factors in whether or not it works. Um, but I think the, the first factor is, is your embryo strong enough to have the cells then attach, you know, into your uterus and, uh, implant. Um, so that was a fun, long wait. We want to take a second and talk about Family Made, the network. It's the network that makes this podcast and so many others happen. Yes, I'm sure y'all have heard of Sean Johnson, the incredible former Olympic gold medalist, someone I have admired for many years, by the way, <laughs> and her husband, Andrew East. But what you may not know about them is that they actually started Family Made as a way to get you excited about family life and connect you with resources that support you along your journey. And if you're loving our show, which we hope you are, <laughs> you need to check out the other shows Family Made Media has on their website. There's shows that touch on just about everything a relationship or family could go through. So you'll find shows that you can relate to. For sure. I could not agree more, Chase. Head over to familymade.com to check out the list. There's shows about literally everything, y'all. Adoption, raising large families, marriage struggles, addiction, special needs, hot topics, family values, inspiring stories, and so much more. There really is something for everyone. So go check out familymade.com to learn more. It's such a good resource no matter what season of family life you're in. As a little side note, do you want to share what happened in the middle of all that, we got home from the transfer oh, yeah. the next day. <laughs> it's been an exciting week. The next week day that we got home, um, we found out our youngest, Ava, had a UTI. Yeah. And the antibiotic to treat that specific bacteria for that UTI uh, is only administered through IV. And so you can either get a pick. Um, which is basically a pick line that's, you know, in through your arm and goes all the way up into kind of your, your veins, um, by your heart. Um, or you can be in the hospital and they can administer in the hospital, or you can visit outpatient two or three times a day, whatever the, um, specific, um, requirement is for them to treat They did not give me that option. I don't know why they told you that. Yeah. They said they would not do that for her because then they'd be pricking her like. No, no, they keep the pick line in. Oh, but you'd still have to do a pick line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And just for more context. So it's not unusual for our daughters, particularly Ava, to have UTIs. And a lot, of, we get this question a lot too. Why are they so prone to UTIs? Um, there's multiple factors, but a lot of it is because of their diagnosis, they have really low tone, which means they're, um, they're just kind of floppy. Um, and it causes subsequently low motility. So just their general, um, Bodily motility is is just kind of low. Things just don't move quite as move quickly as effectively through their body, yep. um, and so it can cause. It, I mean, constipation is a constant issue that we deal with, and constipation can cause UTIs. Um, I think that's like the number one culprit. Um, but then again, they're low tone, they're low motility, and so it's kind of this trifecta of issues that 
make them really prone to UTIs. And so Ava particularly has them very regularly. Um, But normally we can just treat them from home with antibiotics. Like Chase was saying, in this case, the particular strain required IV antibiotics. So we ended up coming home. (laughs) We come home from the the transfer. Chase takes Ava the next night to the ER and we find out, okay, we're going to... you're going to spend the next week in the hospital so the Ava so the Ava bun could get these antibiotics. So that was a little that was a little crazy, a little bit of a turn. Um also an interesting place to just like sit there and stew about whether, whether the transfer worked or not. Or not. Like yeah. am I am I knocked up or am I am I a normal not knocked up person still? <laughs> so you're supposed to wait is it 8 days? So it's 8 days before yeah. kind of getting a blood Blood test. Yeah, so they check for pregnancy via blood draw. Um, They tell you not to do your own home test. Because? Because it can, it just isn't reliable. Like you can get false negatives, false positives. um, And they really do strongly advise that you wait for the actual blood test. I don't think anyone actually waits. Shannon could wait. No, I honestly feel like I waited longer than... I was pretty proud of myself for yeah. how long I waited. <laughs> I waited almost a full week, almost a full week. Mm. I did no because we did the transfer on Sunday and I did the test on Saturday. It was Chase <laughs> thinks it was Friday. I, I think I, it was like Friday. Honey, it wasn't. I know for a fact. Okay, maybe I remember you're right. maybe the you're circumstance. Right. <laughs> it was Saturday morning. I couldn't take it anymore. I'm at the hospital and I ha- I Instacarted. This is so funny. I Instacarted pregnancy tests. Um, and I knew that it would probably, like the best case scenario would be testing with your first pee of the day. That's what they say because it's the most concentrated, right? And I had to pee so bad, but I just woke up with this urge, like, you know what? I can't, I just, I want to know. Like, even if it's not completely accurate, at least I'll have maybe some idea of what to expect, right? So I Instacart um, (laughs) these pregnancy tests to the hospital as I'm like trying so hard not to pee myself so that I can give it my first pee, I was committed. I didn't um, know all the details. <laughs> yeah. um, I texted my sisters and my mom, and I'm like, I'm taking a pregnancy test. This is happening. Um, and then I went and peed on the stick. And I wish the story at this point had a different turn, but it was negative. It was negative. And, um, and I'm not going to lie. I was surprised. Um. I think, so if you listen to our podcast episode several back about um, tips or kind of things that we wish we'd known going into IVF, one of the biggest things that we mentioned there is um, just kind of like managing expectations expectations and almost like emotionally preparing for any scenario. Um, And I think this whole experience of the failed transfer has kind of like reconfirmed the importance of that to me. Um, And it's not to say that you don't want to go into these types, into these things with confidence and with hope and with faith and all those things. Like, of course you do. Of course you do. Um, But there's just, it can go in so many different directions. And I think there's value in managing those expectations so that you're not so discouraged by a negative result that you don't want to continue moving forward, that you give up. Because I cannot tell you how many stories, and we hope to be one of these at some point, um, just how many stories I've 
learned about now where people are like, yeah, it took me three transfers or it didn't work the first time, it worked the second time. Or, and same with egg retrievals, big time. And we're examples of that with, with um, egg retrievals and getting healthy embryos. Um, and so we're trying to take our own advice <laughs> and not be too discouraged by the failed transfer. Um, we were really shocked by that. Again, more context on our story. We had our three children naturally conceive them pretty easily. Um, and so I think we just expected this whole process to go more smoothly, which was another kind of um, thing that we've learned through all of it. It's just that it's not necessarily, I mean, it can be, but it's not like a slam dunk indicator of, you know, what IVF is going to be like. Um but yeah, it was negative. Um, texted my sisters, my mom, texted Chase. Was super, super bummed out, not going to lie. Um, I do have to say, and I'm probably going to get in trouble from <laughs> Dr. Amy or whoever's listening um, for this, but I do have to say I ended up being glad that I did that home pregnancy test because I do think it prepared me for then. Yeah, like, because then, of course, we went, um, on Monday for the blood test. She took more pregnancy tests. I think she took another one on I Saturday. I took two. And they were both like really negative. No, I didn't. What? <laughs> I took two total. Right? Oh, you're right. I did take three. You're right. I did take three. I took I took two over the weekend and then I took one more Monday morning, which was the day of the blood test. Monday was the day of the blood test. That's true. Because I wanted to know if I had to take my progesterone anymore because it the vaginal discharge with the progesterone is... That is very descriptive. <laughs> I just said vaginal discharge on our podcast, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's so gross. But yeah, I've wanted to skip that if if I was allowed to. Anyway, long story long, took the blood test. It, of course, was also negative. Um, but at that point, I had a good feeling that it was going to be. Like I knew, you know, I was already anticipating that. And I do think it made it easier I feel like if I had gone into all the way to Monday especially with how confident we were that this was going to be a success given my pregnancy history right um that I'd never had trouble carrying prior knock on wood but um we we were we had a lot of confidence that it would work and so I think if I had gone into Monday um without having taken that pregnancy test prior I would have been really blindsided by it Mm -hmm. Um, how did you, I've done a lot of talking. How did you feel about it, Chase? (laughs) Um, what's interesting is that, um, I think we, we felt good going into the transfer and again, it was our first time doing it, but I think because (sighs) of the experience that we've had with IVF or with IVF thus far in, you know, collecting and doing different cycles for, um, for collecting eggs and, and um, creating embryos. Um, collecting sperm, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> your yes. favorite part, the sperm collection. Yeah. And um, I, I think because that's been our experience, I was hopeful um, that it would work, but also knew that if it didn't, um, that it was going to be okay. Yeah. You know, that in the end, it was going to all work out. And that's why we also... Um, I'm glad that we did multiple cycles. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, if we just had one, 
or two or something like that. And then we'd be like, oh my gosh, there's only, you know, one more. Yeah. And so it gave us, uh, we still have hope, you know, that, uh, that it can. And, but then at the same time, I think recognizing that there are no guarantees with this process, it gives you hope that it, that it can work. But, um, you just have to understand that, um, it might not go as you planned, but that's okay. And in the end, I think it'll all work out. To you? Yeah, I really do feel like okay, that. Good. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Chase is the rock. Sometimes I just have to, I just need him to tell me like, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. What do you always say? You have like this cute yeah, thing that um, he says. It's going to be better than okay is one of the things I say. And then the other one is it's, uh, can be better than we could have planned for ourselves, and you I say think that's such true. Cute things. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. He always says that, and I f- I love it because it it really does make me feel like okay. You're right. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be better than okay. So emotionally, how are you doing? I mean, it's been a couple of days after <coughs> the results, blood test. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel emotionally, I feel um, like kind of heavy and sluggish, but honestly, I'm really hoping it's just because I'm going to start my period soon, which is (laughs) vaginal discharge periods. periods. I mean, it's just all, it's all coming out. Um, Literally. And just kind of sick. Oh my gosh. Sorry. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Um, No, but it is, it's, it's been, a little hard. I, I, the best way to describe it would be just a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. Um, we've had a lot of good moments, a lot of tender mercy moments where we have felt really comforted. Um, you know, not only from family, friends, but from God, um, and, you know, through our faith and through prayer and stuff like that. Um, and then still, you know, just like human moments of feeling like, just bumped that it didn't that it didn't go as planned um that being said what what do you what kind of our next steps what are we thinking um you? I, I think yeah i mean we're gonna try to transfer again yeah and you know just, just do our again. best yeah, Chase men- mentioned this, but that is um one of the reasons why we did all of our we did multiple egg, egg retrievals. retrievals and tried to bank up, you know, several embryos um, just because, yeah, we knew that transfer wasn't a guarantee. We wouldn't know what to expect from that part of the process. We'd never done that part. Um, so we wanted to give ourselves the best chance of, like, having it work out. Um, and I have to say, it has been it has been so comforting for us to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. So comforting. Every time I hear a story and, and, you know, people send me a lot of this, like they'll kind of share a window into their IVF journey or their experience. And every time it's a story that's like, you know, we had, we failed at first and then it ended up working out. It's just so comforting to us. It gives us so much hope. Um, and we're super, super grateful for that. It's a time. Do we need to wrap no, this up? No, we're good. <laughs> no, I I agree. Thank you so much for um, sharing your comments, uh, messages, all of those things. I think to 
be a bright spot in our lives along this portion or segment of our IVF journey. So we appreciate it. It means a lot. For sure. Um, and with that, we'll just, we'll keep y'all posted, but please feel free to send us questions, um, stories, like we just said, anything that comes to mind. We just have been so grateful for having y'all along for the journey. Um, if you, again, if you are new to this part of our story, um, easiest way to catch up if you're interested in that is probably through, uh, my social media, which is at Shannon Willardson, at Shannon Willardson on Instagram. Um, and you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, um, Family Made YouTube channel, our YouTube channel. We're posting the actual videos of the podcast on there now, which is the Willardson family. Those are the places. So That's right. we'll and keep you we'll keep you informed. And if you are going through something like this yourself or you know someone else that is, um, just know that it's gonna be okay. You know, everything is gonna it's work gonna be out. Okay. It's going to be don't better than okay and better than you, than you could have planned for yourself. So It's going to be okay and don't give up. That's right. Well, hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. bye.